Blog Talk Radio. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Layla Tawah, 
or good evening or good night in the ancient Paleo Hebrew. I'm your host, your brother, your friend as always, Tazapa. I'm joined this evening. Shortly, I will be joined this evening by uh, my wife, uh, Arakaya, and my wife, Hasadiah. Shalom. You will be joining, correct, Arakaya? Okay, cool. All right, man, I hope everybody is healthy. Hope everybody had uh, Tawab, Shabbat, or good Sabbath, a good weekend, a uh, good weekend. Let me get that thing. Okay. My bad, y'all. I'm hungry right now. <laughs> anyway, I hope everybody's healthy. hope everybody's feeling good, man. Um, I don't know if it's just me, man, but I, I think I'm, 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 a, I'm going to strongly <clears throat> think that it is not just me. But, man, these days here lately, man, I've been feeling kind of covid And what I mean by that is, man, um, been feeling kind of, I guess, congested, kind of phlegmy-like. Um, waking up with phlegm, sometimes waking up with a headache. Uh, and just not feeling myself, man. And uh, like I said, it feels kind of covid and I know COVID has pretty much become a regular thing. It's almost like the common cold now, man, because people are um, still getting it, man, you know. It's no longer um, the death sentence that uh, it used to be. For some it is, unfortunately, but uh, pretty much for, for a lot of us, you know, it's like a, the common cold now, man, sadly to say. Um I want to start off, man, by sending shots out to uh, our brothers, brother schools, uh, the brothers here in San Antonio. Uh, and also, man, I want to send um, an actual prayer request uh, for the sister, Yakala, Yakala, our sister here, our dear sister here in San Antonio, was involved in a, a motor accident yesterday man and it was pretty bad man and she's pretty banged up right now um she's going through some things uh traumatically as to be expected uh but i'm asking everybody man to please send up uh prayers for the sister well wishes uh that the most high keep her and her family uh in his favor so if y'all could do that for me i would greatly appreciate it um also, man, I did ask y'all to send up prayers for uh, Mr. Charles, Barbara's husband. Uh, the news on him is he, he did eventually end up having his toe amputated. So uh, I'm asking for prayers for their family. Uh, most high be with them and show them mercy and grace. I want to send shouts out also to our brothers down in H-Town, man, the brother Quattro Zop and crew. Also, the brothers in VA, uh, under the brother Kazakia, the brothers in Rochester, under uh, the brother Zainala. Also want to send a shout-out to uh, the brother Bakar Gabar, who is actually, I think he should be out there already, uh, in Rochester to assist the brother Zainala, man, so he can bring those uh, young, strong lions up, those young pups (laughs) up in the knowledge of the most high. Uh also want to send shouts out to Kawakab down in Guatemala. Uh shouts out to our brothers and sisters in Albuquerque, 
uh, brothers and sisters in Atlanta, uh, Cali, and Canada. And also, y'all, I want to ask for prayers for the brother Thahawam, man, and his family. Thahawam H-Town, y'all, Houston. Um, the brother's been with us for quite some time, man. Uh, still teaches down in Houston. He's going through experiencing some health issues himself, which Mashaba uh, has added him to his prayer list. He keeps him on his prayer list, uh, rightly so. But I want to ask for prayer for him and his family. Uh, they've just lost, we've just lost, uh, our dear sister, uh, Selma Kaya, man, Taiwan's mother. Uh, so asking for prayers for his family. Um, when I get news of the arrangements, uh, I will let everybody know if that is his wishes. Um, I'm waiting to hear now. I would love to uh, go down and pay my respects uh, to the to the sister. She was a good sister from what I knew of her. I didn't have many interactions with her, but uh, her reputation was that she was a good sister. And I know it was a blessing for the brother Taiwan to have a parent <laughs> in this thing we call the truth, man, to have a parent come in and, and wake up to the knowledge, man. I, whew, I, I wish. <laughs> I wish, man. What's the what's the common saying they say though? You can lead a horse to uh to water, but you can't force force him to drink it. How many times I have uh, tried to drop the truth on family members, including my mother? Some things they see, some things they just don't see. But ain't the Most High's will, man. Remember, the Most High said He's poured out the spirit of deep sleep on a lot of our people, man. And they won't see it, man. They will not see it. And it ain't meant for them to see it, you know. Maybe they might get it in in their lifetime. Then again, they might not, man. But like the scriptures tell us, it's not to him that run it or to him that uh, will it. But uh, it's according to the most high, man. You can't make nobody be in this truth. You can't make nobody sign on to it, sign up for it. They have to believe for themselves. And they have to be rooted themselves. The, the, the worst mistake anybody can make is having expectations for someone that they drop the truth on because those high expectations that you're setting for them, you're setting yourself up for failure, for setting the bar so high for them, man. We can't control what the word does to people. It's going to do what it do, man. Remember the parable of the story, y'all. Remember that. All right, man. So um, let's go ahead and get to it. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is the prayer we need to be sending up on the daily, brothers and sisters, so we can get the hell on, man. Just get the hell out of this demonic, wicked place, man. All right, let's get that Psalms chapter 118, verse 24, please. 
bear with me too, y'all. I didn't even send the notifications out. Let me see if this is the one. Yep. Let me send this out real quick. To a couple folks real quick, y'all. Bear with me. You want me to read it? Oh, wait. Uh, no, wait a second. Just bear with me. I'm sorry. to see wall up there. I don't know where you at, brother. I know you travel in the country, man. Be safe. And to all our brothers that are out there, man, trucking over the road, man, y'all be safe. Godspeed. All right, where we at? Psalm 118.24. The day which the Lord hath made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. So, good or bad, happy or sad, the Most High brought you to it, he'll bring you through it, and you will come out better on the other side because of it. Please believe me. All right. So, y'all, I don't have much news, and the reason being, I want to definitely get into this class because I got on my soapbox last week, and I didn't even get to the class, y'all. So much so that Mishaba had to go in and rename the class. So, I ain't trying to do that today. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the news. I got this little light, fluffy article right here, which actually has uh, holds no weight. It's just FYI, in case you didn't know. It's really stupid, man. Read this. Tell me where you read from. From the L.A. Times. LATimes.com. Kanye West and Chris Brown slammed for anti-Semitism after Vulture's performance in Dubai. So in case I didn't know, <laughs> yay. You know, I was talking about this earlier too, man. He saw so disrespectful, man. They so disrespectful. The brother has legally changed his name from Kanye to yay. But they still keep referring to him in all the articles and publications as Kanye West. That's blatant disrespect. You know, it reminds me of it reminds me of when um, the brother Muhammad Ali, rest his soul, changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali. You know, they still have people calling him. He still have people calling him Cassius Clay. He still he had announcers that would be announcing the fight, still referring to him as Clay, man. Because these people, they really don't respect us, man. They don't. And you know they really hate Ye because of all of the truths that he brought out. Uh, what was it? Was it around this time last year, I think it was, when he was talking about the small hat, the nominals? Anyway, go ahead in the article. We got Labia in the building too, y'all. All right, go ahead. Reported November 27, 2023. Kanye West gave a surprise performance over the weekend in which he rapped lyrics that doubled down on his claim that he's not anti-Semitic. 
lyrics that double down. <laughs> Go ahead. Then Chris Brown weighed in. West joined Lil Durk and Ty Dolla Sign on Sunday at Lil Durk's nightclub, Blue Dubai, in Dubai, and the trio performed their new song, Vultures, which was released earlier this month. I heard the song. Listen to it today. And it's crazy, too, man, because when I went on my uh, Apple Music, it, it popped right up. You know, it just reminds me of that saying. They said there's no such thing as bad, bad publicity. So <laughs> Kanye be knowing what he be doing. But I say all that to say that the song is awful. <laughs> I wasn't particularly feeling the song. Um, Ye has gone back to his uh, demonic roots, it seems, uh, drank the Kool-Aid once again. And I say that because uh, the music is what people might call secular music. And I remember Ye for a time, matter of fact, he made like two albums, uh, which would be classified as Christian uh, rap or Christian hip-hop music or whatever. But they were good albums, man. The, um, the one he made, Jesus is Lord, I still bump it. Uh, also, the one he made uh, typed, uh, titled uh, after his mother, uh, Donda, that one was pretty good also, man. Uh, but he was turning a corner, um, what they say, changing a new leaf, turning over a new leaf. Uh, and the fact that he wasn't uh, promoting sex, drugs, and violence, uh, which is in the new song, Vultures. Uh, in fact, on that uh, album, Jesus is Lord, he said that uh, one of the songs, lyrics, the one he had with Kirk Franklin, I believe, not Kirk Franklin, what's the other gospel singer, nigga? Um, he's famous. Fred uh, Fran Hammond. He talked about how he used to work for Satan, but he don't work for Satan no more. He said he was on strike. Yeah. He didn't say did he quit. say he was on strike? Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. He okay. Said, I remember thinking, if you're on strike, then you're going to go back to work. Oh, so he meant that he was on strike. Okay. He, he went back to work. Okay. I'm glad you clarified that for me. But... It was really nothing in the song. He just said that he couldn't be anti-Semitic because he had did explicit and explicit to a Jewish chick. That's all he was saying. He had intercourse with a Jewish chick. So they took that line and basically ran with it and said he doubled down on this and his him not being anti-Semitic rant. And we've covered this time and time again. The word Semitic, y'all, is actually a word that they made up. The small head people. The word is really Semitic or Shemitic. And it just means that you're a descendant from Shem. You're Shemitic. And Kanye was saying that he was not Shemitic. And who else was it that was saying? Oh, that was uh, the brother Kyrie that said he couldn't be anti-Shemitic because he was Shemitic. And he was telling the truth. These are facts. But people are so... um, idiotic, imbecilic, that uh, they don't even understand words or care to look them up, especially in this NASCAR uh, internet age where everything is fast and quick. And if you don't grab somebody's attention in like, in, I, they say 30 seconds, I'm going to say 10 seconds, then they really are not interested, man, especially when it uh, comes down to reading. What you got to show me? Uh, so read the lyrics. Go ahead. And what song is this? 
It's from his song, Hands On. Told the devil that I'm going on a strike. Yeah. So, so he did say, uh, yeah. so I guess, I guess he's back at, back to work, man. BAU, business as usual. <laughs> anyway, that ain't really nothing to report on. So I just wanted to put that out there. This right here, though, this right here, tell him where you read from. I think he's going to read this whole article because it's very uh, interesting. From the New York Times.com, what to know about Breonna Taylor's death? Fury over her killing by the police in Louisville, Kentucky, fueled protests and questions persist about how the botched raid unfolded. So y'all familiar with the story of Breonna Taylor? If you're not, uh, matter of fact, just read the article. It's going to tell us who she was. Rest, rest in peace. Reported November 16, 2023. The death of Breonna Taylor, a black medical worker who was shot and killed by police officers in Louisville, Kentucky, in March 2020 during a botched raid on her apartment, was one of the main drivers of wide-scale demonstrations that erupted that year over policing and racial injustice in the United States. No officer has ever been charged with shooting Ms. Taylor. Can you read that again? No officer has ever been charged with shooting Ms. Taylor. So they, um, they, um, uh, what's the name of the They executed a no nine warrant to her crib, and in the process, they killed her. And nobody has been charged for her death. Read on. But on August 4th, 2022, the Justice Department charged four current and former police officers with federal civil rights violations. So they did end up, ended up charging four people, read. Including lying to obtain a search warrant for her apartment. Now look to, listen to the charges they're bringing up. What was the first charge? Including lying to obtain a search warrant for her apartment. They lied about the search warrant. It's going to give more detail, Reed. One of the four, Kelly Goodlett, a detective who retired after getting charged, pleaded guilty at a hearing on August 23rd. Another officer among the four, Kyle Meany, was fired by the Louisville Police Department on August 19th. A third officer facing the federal charges, Brett Hankinson, was the only officer to face state charges in the raid but a jury found him not guilty in March 2022. He had been charged with endangering Ms. Taylor's neighbors after firing 10 bullets through a covered window and sliding glass door. So he's just shooting blindly. How many shots he fired? 10 bullets. 10, 10 rounds in an area he couldn't even see. That's why it says that the, the windows were covered, and I think it said the blinds were full or something. He had no visibility, but he still was shooting. Go ahead. Some bullets passed through Miss Taylor's apartment and into a neighboring one where a family had been sleeping. On November 16th, a jury deadlocked on the federal charges against Mr. Hankinson, leading to a mistrial. He had been charged with leading to a, what? a mistrial. So the one dude they was trying to make the charges stick on that actually went to trial, it resulted in a mistrial. I hope y'all listening to this. This was the dead. They found so many discrepancies in the no-knock warrant, and this dude got off because of a mistrial. Read on. 
Okay. He had been charged with violating the rights of Ms. Taylor and her neighbors by firing shots, the shots through the window and glass door. It was not immediately clear following the mistrial whether the Justice Department planned to retry the case. A New York Times examination of video footage from the scene, witness accounts, statements by the police officers, and forensics reports showed that the raid was compromised by poor planning and reckless execution. It found that the only support for a grand jury's conclusion that the other officers had announced themselves before bursting into Ms. Taylor's apartment. Beyond the assertions of the other officers themselves was the account of a single witness who had given inconsistent statements. Ms. Taylor's family has long pleaded for justice and her case began to draw national attention in May, 2020. Later that year, Louisville officials agreed to pay $12 million to settle a wrongful death lawsuit brought by Ms. Taylor's mother and to institute reforms aimed at preventing deaths by officers. This is what they always do, though. It's, it's hush money, blood money, hush money. And you know, it reminds me of it reminds me of um, the money that uh, Judas Iscariot was paid to sell out Christ. Man, it's just blood money. Cause that ain't gonna bring her daughter back. And I'm sure she would love to have her daughter be back as opposed to having some money that you're just going to give back to the people that killed your daughter. You know? In December 2022, a lawyer for Ms. Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, said that the city of Louisville had agreed to pay $2 million to settle lawsuits brought by Mr. Walker. Following national demonstrations in 2020 over police brutality, and systemic racism, Louisville officials banned the use of no-knock warrants. Now, you got to ask yourself, if those protests were not going down extensively as they were back in 2020, would this even made national news? Would this even been brought to people's attention? These damn no-knock warrants, were they issuing or coming to somebody's crib in the wee hours of the night and just knocking down their door, coming in. That's crazy. You don't announce yourself. You don't say who you is. None of that. You don't even You don't even knock. That's what I call a no-knock warrant. <laughs> crazy. Even damn uh, Amazon or any delivery person is going to knock on your door. I mean, right or wrong. Because that is that's common courtesy. You knock on somebody's door to announce, first of all, your presence. Secondly, so they can see who the hell you is, and they they can know somebody that they don't. You know? Following national demonstrations in 2020 over police brutality and systemic racism, Louisville officials banned the use of no-knock warrants, which allow the police to forcibly enter people's homes to search them without warning and fired several officers, including Mr. Hankinson, who was found to have shown an extreme indifference to the value of human life. Meaning he didn't care. The most high told us this, though. Let's get Deuteronomy 28, verse 49. We're coming back to read the rest of this, though. 
Deuteronomy 28 and 49. The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from afar. Now, remember, this is us, that the Most High brought the nation from afar against us. Matter of fact, I got to find another scripture, too. Uh, go ahead and read that. From the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flyeth. said that this nation was coming from the end of the earth. Y'all remember how uh, Columbus, or not Columbus, but the rest of the explorers thought that you would sail so far that you would fall off the tip of the earth if you came over here? So this is what it's referring to in the scriptures. Read on. A nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. Uh-huh, which was whether it was the conquistador speaking Spanish, colonializing and uh, victimizing the, what we loosely refer to as the nine and a half or the ten tribes, or whether it was the French uh, terrorizing our uh, so-called uh, Haitian brothers, we know as the tribe of Levi, uh, also our uh, Mexican brothers, so-called Mexican brothers down in Mexico, and uh, and uh, different parts of the Caribbean, or it, whether it was the English terrorizing um, the three and a half tribes, and I'm talking about the tribe of Judah, Benjamin, and half the tribe of Levi. Portuguese too. And also, yeah, the Portuguese terrorizing our brothers in Brazil, whose language that none of us understood. And this this language was beaten into us to where now <laughs> it's our language, man. It's our language. And we you have these brothers and sisters running around thinking that that's their original language and uh, shaming other brothers and sisters for not speaking, you know, no Espanol, shaming each other. Anyway, the Bible prophesied this. Read on. A nation of fierce countenance. Which shall not regard the person of the old. Now, a fierce countenance is a fierce face, a fierce presence. They don't care. They're scary. When you see these people, you're terrified of them. Hence, when you see them come and police your neighborhood, you're terrified. Still to this day, man, we see police pull up, and we got PTSD. Police get behind you. You you sweating bullets. <laughs> You you run you you're doing that uh that psycholo- not psychological the the uh the memory check you're going you're searching through your memory banks to make sure you ain't got no warrants <laughs> no tickets <laughs> you ain't did nothing wrong you're sweating bullets you know the same way that once uh the so-called Native Americans here in this land seen them arrive on their shores <laughs> they were terrified calling them pale face, their presence alone is terrifying. Still to this day, let a white man show up at your, on your doorstep with a suit on. <laughs> You're going to be going through changes. Because you know they're coming with some bad news. Read on. A nation of fierce countenance, which shall not regard the person of the old. They should not regard who? The person of the old. They don't care about seniors. They don't care about the elderly. Read. Nor shew favor to the young. They don't care about the young. And this sister, I believe, was 25, I think she was. She was in the early 20s. They say she was just getting her life together, man. 
the Most High told us that this was going to happen to us for our disobedience. All right, let's, uh, man, I'm still looking for that scripture, y'all. I'm sorry. Let me look for it. I want you to go back to this article, though. Pick up where you left off at. Still, critic progress in the case has been slow, especially when compared with the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, where officers were swiftly fired and charged. The killing of Breonna Taylor, the death of Breonna Taylor, a black woman in March 2020, fueled national protests over police brutality. What happened? Taylor was shot by police in Louisville, Kentucky during a botched drug race. Here's what to know about her death. The victim, the 26-year-old woman, hoped to become a nurse. An ex-boyfriend's run-ins with the law entangled her as she tried to move on. The aftermath, in 2022, federal officials charged four current and former officers for crimes including violating Taylor's rights and lying on the search warrant used to search her home. They did what? They lied on the search warrant used to search her home. The search warrant was fluffed. It was not official. Read on. Kelly Goodlett was the first officer to be convicted after pleading guilty to one count of conspiracy. A damning assessment. After conducting a two-year investigation prompted by the death of Taylor, the Justice Department said that it had uncovered a pattern of discriminatory and abusive law enforcement practices within the police department in Louisville. Can you read that again? After conducting a two-year investigation prompted... They investigated this police department for two years, read. Prompted by the death of Taylor, the Justice Department said that it had uncovered a pattern of discriminatory and abusive law enforcement practices. This was nothing new. This is what they do. Read. Within the police department in Louisville. At this point, it's bigger than Brianna. It's bigger than just black lives. Ms. Taylor's mother, Tamika Palmer, said over the summer of 2020, as she beseeched the authorities to bring criminal charges, we've got to figure out how to fix the city, how to heal from here. What happened in Louisville? Shortly after midnight on March 13th, Louisville police officers executing a search warrant used a battering ram to enter the apartment of Ms. Taylor, a 26-year-old emergency room technician. The police had been investigating two men who they believed were selling drugs out of a house that was far from Ms. Taylor's home. They were investigating them, and the house wasn't even by where she lived at. Read. But a judge had also signed a warrant allowing the police to search Ms. Taylor's residence because the police said they believed that one of the men had used her apartment to receive packages. Taylor had been dating that man on and off for several years, but had recently severed ties with him, according to her family's lawyer. So she used to date a dough boy that was having packages, who, who they said was having packages delivered there. Read. Miss Taylor and her boyfriend, Mr. Walker, had been in bed but got up when they heard a loud banging at the door. Now, this is the new boyfriend. The new boyfriend is there at her crib. The middle of the night, they hear a loud banging on their door. Read. Mr. Walker said he and Miss Taylor both called out asking who was at the door. Quite naturally, 
somebody beating on your door in the middle of the night, you're going to ask, who is it? And y'all know how the police knock on y'all door. It's not a little tap, tap knock. It's a boom, 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 boom knock. Like, who the hell is that? So when you ask who at your door, you're not going to be nice about it, especially if you sleep. You sleep or it's late as hell. Like, who the hell is that? Who is it? Read. Sir later told the police he feared it was Miss Taylor's ex-boyfriend trying to break in. So this is what the new boyfriend say. He thought it was the old boyfriend trying to break in the crib. Read. After the police broke the door off its hinges, Mr. Walker fired his gun once, striking Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly in a thigh. Rightly so. Somebody comes to your crib in the middle of the night, beating on your door, and you ask who it is and they don't say nothing, and then your door comes flying open off the hinges, yeah, you're going to let it go. you letting that thing rip. Read. The police responded by firing several shots, striking Miss Taylor five times. Mr. Hankison shot ten rounds blindly into the apartment. He couldn't even see, and he fired ten rounds into the apartment. Now, these are supposedly trained policemen. They're supposed to be very proficient in marksmanship. They go to the range. They have to pass a shooting test. And this dude is shooting without visibility. Hmm. I'm not a police. I haven't been in law, law enforcement. I'm not a soldier. But it does not make sense to shoot when you have no visibility of what you're shooting at. Because you're not going to hit your target because you can't see your target. You know. Mr. Walker told investigators that Miss Taylor coughed and struggled to breathe for at least five minutes after she was shot. According to the Louisville Courier Journal, an ambulance on standby outside the apartment had been told to leave about an hour before the raid. Before the raid even happened, they so this is and we're gonna find out this is a regular procedure when they issue these warrants which would bring a whole nother set of questions about why do you have an ambulance on site when you execute these no-knock warrants? Because you're anticipating somebody's going to get shot. Somebody's going to get dead. This is idiotic to even issue these damn things. But it just, once again, shows that fear is continence. These people don't care about us. You know... Counter to standard Oh, I'm sorry In case y'all missed that They told the ambulance to leave an hour before they executed the no-knock warrant Why would you do that? Reno Counter to standard practice And it said this is contrary to their standard practice Read As officers called an ambulance back to the scene And struggled to render aid to their colleagues So they called an ambulance back but what was their first priority? Render aid to their colleague. Their colleague was the priority. Not the sister house they just kicked the door down and started shooting up in, but their colleague. Read. 
Miss Taylor was not given any medical attention. Read that again. Miss Taylor was not given any medical attention. Read it again. The whole thing? No, that part. Miss Taylor was not given any medical attention. That's for all you niggas that was cooking dressing and turkey and ham and greens and chitlins last week talking about some damn happy Thanksgiving. Here's what they think about you. They gave this sister no medical attention. And you know, it's a video out now. I'm veering a little bit off the point. We're going to get back on, though. It's a video out now circulating, y'all, on YouTube. It's brought to my attention that these group, this group of Israelites, I don't know who they is, is basically having a feast on Thanksgiving Day talking about they're not celebrating no Thanksgiving, talking about it's Yahweh's Day. But I thought Yahweh's Days was covered in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. That's the first thing. And then to go on in the video, they show the spread of the food, right? How about they have a pork roast as one of the meals? Uh-uh. And then they continue to pan the food and then the brother, that's the narrator for the video, is raising over his honey-glazed ham that he say he marinated in Coca-Cola for several hours, overnight or whatever he said. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this has got to be a spoof. Somebody's going to jump out and say, ah, I got you. Somebody's finna play that. You know how comedians tell jokes and they got the drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting on that, and it never came. These niggas was dead ass. I'm like, wow. This is where we at. This is where we at, y'all. You know, and like Paul said, man, Paul was in the spirit. He said, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Listen, y'all, we can't do, but just say we're doing a little wickedness. That little wickedness that you're doing is going to turn to a lot of wickedness. Anyway, I brought all this up to say, man, while you niggas are celebrating these holidays, this is what they think about you. Your sister, your sister got no, our sister got no medical attention whatsoever. Read on. It was not until 12.47 a.m., about five minutes after the shooting, that emergency personnel realized she was seriously wounded after her boyfriend called 911. So he had to call 911. Wow. But the 911 is there. They're already there. Wow. Once again, here's what they think about you. Read. The Jefferson County coroner told the Courier Journal that Ms. Taylor most likely died less than a minute after she was shot and could not have been saved. That's horrible. You wake up from your sleep only to die and to go back to sleep permanently. That is a horrible way to die in your own house. 
You know, I thought that when uh, what's the brother's name that died in Dallas? Uh, Amber Geyer killed him. Uh, I think it was a vision, my brother. Yeah. What was the? What was his name? Anyway, this police officer went to the wrong apartment. Thought, think she said she thought it was her apartment. Botham John. What's his name? Botham John. Botham John. Went to the wrong apartment. Thought it was her apartment. Supposedly, is what she said. And found this brother she thought was in her apartment, and she shot him dead. Shot him dead. And I believe they gave her manslaughter, which was uh, carries a, a sentence of ten years. This is the case where the, the judge came down and hugged the uh, the plaintiff. Mm-hmm. She gave her a Bible and hugged her. This is where we at, man. We we love these people so much. You know, brothers talk about this all the time too, man. But that Stockholm syndrome is real, man. To where you've fallen and loved in love with your captor. That's what we are, man. We love our captors. We love the kidnapper. All right, reading on in this article. Jamarcus Glover, Ms. Taylor's ex-boyfriend, whose alleged packages led the police to her door that night. Now listen to this. Was arrested on August 27, 2020, in possession of drugs, according to a charging document. So they they finally called him. And I I, I would like to hear the story on how they called him. They probably weren't even looking for him. (laughs) It just popped up. Anyway, go ahead. Great police work. He, he told the Courier Journal that Miss Taylor had no involvement in the drug trade. What did he say? He told the Courier Journal that Miss Taylor had no involvement in the drug trade. She had nothing to do with it. She just was affiliated with a nigga that was slanging dope. Beware of the company you keep, y'all. There is a such thing as being guilty by association. Because of the bad decisions she made to deal with this D-boy nigga, it cost her her life. Because if she wouldn't have dealt with him, they wouldn't have showed up at the crib. So sad, man. Read on. No drugs were found in Miss Taylor's apartment. A, a lawyer for Mr. Walker said, Brianna was a woman who was figuring everything out in her life who had turned a corner said Sam Aguiar, a lawyer representing Ms. Taylor's family. Good for her. Brianna... She was making moves, but unfortunately she made them too late. Brianna was starting to live her best life. The Louisville police say that they fired inside Ms. Taylor's home only after they were first fired upon by Mr. Walker, Ms. Taylor's boyfriend. Mr. Walker was subsequently charged with attempted murder of a police officer... He, how he get charged? Somebody break up in your crib in the middle of the night unannounced, and you get charged? Though, on, the, though the charge was dismissed in May 2020, while the department had received court approval. Now, hold on. They said the charges were dismissed, but I wonder if this is still on their brother's record. Because you know how they do that. Mm-hmm. They'll still put it on your record because he, he got booked. So you still got a rap sheet. They still got your fingerprints in the system. Mm-hmm. They still got your mugshot. 
You know, they don't wipe nothing. No, they don't like wipe the slate clean on nothing. I remember I got locked up once for a warrant. I had paid. Wow. Y'all know how they operate. So I bet this brother's catching hell trying to look for a gig. If he's looking for a gig, because I believe they gave him like $2 million, but you know how niggas be. He run through money. This was a couple years back. Anyway. While the department had received court approval for a no-knock entry, the orders were changed before the raid to knock and announce, meaning that read the this, Read that again. While the department had received court approval for a no-knock entry, the orders were changed before the raid to knock and announce, meaning that the police had to identify themselves. So they changed it. Like it said in the beginning of this article, the the uh, warrant was suspect. They lied about the warrant. They were supposed to actually knock on the door. But you see the mentality of these people? And I bet they was laughing. They think stuff like this is funny. They get a thrill out of this stuff. Remember, going back to uh, Genesis chapter 25, it says Esau was a what type of hunter? A cunning hunter, very skillful. They get a kick out of stuff like this. This is why they go into law law enforcement. It's the only profession where you can legally hunt and still kill niggas and get away with it. Read on. The police assert that they knocked several times and identified themselves as police officers with a warrant before entering the apartment. Mr. Walker has said he and Ms. Taylor heard aggressive banging at the door and asked who it was, but they did not hear an announcement that it was the police. Because it's us, though, they think we just waiting for some violence to jump off. You know, that's the thing that give me about Esau. They don't think that we have the same fears that they have. You scared of getting your car broken into? Guess what? We are too. You scared of somebody home invading your crib? We scared of the same thing. You know, they wrote that book, uh, Medical Apartheid. In the book, they said that the medical industry believes that black people are uh, invincible, basically. <laughs> we don't feel pain. We don't feel pain the same way they feel pain. pain. We have a higher <laughs> pain tolerance than other people, which is true, but we still got pain. That don't mean we want to die, though. The most high made us that way. We can't change that. But that don't mean we don't still need medical care and medical treatment. We're scared of the same stuff y'all scared of. The same things that y'all go to, the the health ailments, they affect us the same way. Hell, some of them is worse. There's some uh, illnesses that only predominantly run through our nation, like sickle cell anemia. Mm-hmm. We scared of that stuff too. We're humans like y'all. Read on. The police said that the officers forced entry into the exterior door and were immediately met with gunfire. Three officers. You think? (laughs) Go ahead. Three officers returned fire. The police said. Several of the officers involved in the raid, Mr. Hankison, Detective Miles Cosgrove, and Detective Joshua James, were fired. Another officer, Mr. Mattingly, retired from the force. Is the police account disputed? Yes, hotly. 
Ms. Taylor's relatives and their lawyers say that the police never identified themselves before entering, despite their claims. They also say that Mr. Walker was licensed to carry a gun. And Mr. Walker, 27, has said that he feared for his life and fired in self-defense. But, you know, it's different for us because if they have guns, then, you know, the the what's the damn National Rifle Association? The NRA is cool with them. You know, and I was listening to uh, an article or segment on NPR, and they had this author on that just wrote a book about the disparities in the NRA as it pertains to uh, black and brown people, that <laughs> there are not a bl- lot of brown and black members. <laughs> they deny them. They deny them entry. Yeah. She wrote a whole book on it, man. I forgot the name of the book. But my point is this. It's different for us to own a fire, firearm and uh, it be registered. <laughs> We're still looked at like criminals. Let's not forget, y'all, uh, the brother Philando Castile uh, was a um, registered uh, a handgun owner, licensed to carry, before they made the national law um, constitutional carry. And he was murdered in front of his wife and his baby. And he told the police, before the police emptied those rounds into him, the brother still had a seatbelt on, by the way. Before those rounds were emptied into him, he told the police that he had a firearm and he was licensed to carry it. This may or may not have got him killed. Yeah, but this is where we live at, y'all. Is that it? Um, and Mr. They also say that Mr. Walker was licensed to carry a gun. And Mr. Walker, 27, said that he feared for his life and fired in self-defense, believing that someone was trying to break into the home. The police is now. In- now, isn't that called stand your ground? Ain't was well, that only in Florida? That's a Florida thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's only Florida, but. But here in the, even here in Texas, you got the right to shoot somebody to come in your crib, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's called something different. I forgot what they called it. So this brother was well within his rights. But we don't. The police's incident report contained multiple errors. It listed Miss Taylor's injuries as none. Wow. Even though she had been shot several times and indicated that officers had not forced their way into the apartment, though they had used a battering ram to break the door open, there was no body camera footage from the raid. Wow. None. So, officially, it was the nigger's word mm-hmm. against white folks' word. Yep. On August 4th, Prosecutor Joshua James, Kelly Goodlett, and Kyle Meany made false claims in an affidavit used to obtain the warrant mm, mm, and mm. conspired to lie about it after. And you, we wonder why they lie about stuff like this. Like I told y'all, it's a sport for them. They get a thrill from doing this. They don't value life, man. Like I said, <laughs> for a white boy in America to hate niggas, this is the perfect job. Mm-hmm. We don't. 
The affidavit claimed that Ms. Taylor's ex-boyfriend had been receiving packages at her address, but prosecutors say that there was no such evidence. The doughboy had the decency not to include his woman with his antics, with his illegal proceedings. He had the decency not to do that. We don't. And that the officers misrepresented the case to the judge who signed off on the raid. Mr. James sent a draft of the affidavit to Ms. Goodlett. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Michelle sent it in the wild. The following states have stand your ground laws Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho. Indiana, Kansas, and guess what? You don't say Kentucky. That's where this happened at, in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Well, so he was, water. He was just doing with the law. Yes, he was doing. He was well within his lawful rights if he's a white American. Yes, yeah. because <laughs> we know it's different strokes well, for color folks. Mr. James sent a draft of the affidavit to Ms. Goodlett, who prosecutors said knew the claim was false, but further bolstered it with misleading information. Mm. Mr. Meany, who led a department... Listen how they cover up each other. Mm -hmm. Mr. Meany, who led a department investigative unit, approved the affidavit despite knowing that it contained false information. Two months after Ms. Taylor's death, Mr. James and Ms. Goodlett and agreed to falsely tell investigators that a sergeant had told them that the packages were being sent to Ms. Taylor's apartment, prosecutors said. Ms. Taylor's family has disputed the police's claim that the raid had to be conducted in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Their lawyers say the police had already located the main suspect in the investigation by the time they burst into the apartment. See, this is a game for them. Why would you come to somebody's house? It's a no-knock, no warrant, meaning you're not knocking, you're not letting your presence be known, and you do it at night. You're asking for trouble. It's a sport for them, man. And the fact that they had um, already located the main suspect. They already had the main suspect. Anyway, y'all, because uh, I don't want to go over my time, not tonight, y'all. So let me take a brief, uh, a brief, brief intermission, and then we'll come back with the class, y'all. Be right back. We've only just begun. When this is good, there's no saying 
right, y'all, we are back. We are back. Uh, if it's your first time tuning in, I do about an hour of news, current events, uh, Tyler Pie Soapbox. Uh, before I get into the class, and uh, we are definitely going to get into the class this evening, uh, the water for everybody joining us. Class is entitled Never Wax Pale, Martyrs of the Gospel, Part 2. All right, y'all. So we're going to do a quick recap. Let's go to Acts chapter 18 and verse 1 through 4. And what I'm attempting to do is to bring out um, how the disciples were martyred. Um, there's no particular order. I tried to uh, keep it as uh, chronicled as possible, but there's no particular order. So we're going to be doing a lot of jumping back and forth, man. Uh, you got that? Who's reading? Acts chapter 18, verse 1 through what? 1 through 4. Okay. So after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, Aquila. born in Pontus, mm-hmm. lately come from Italy mm-hmm. with his wife Priscilla, mm-hmm. because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. So Claudius Caesar... Uh, gave the uh, declaration for all of the Jews to be put out of Rome, to be kicked out of Rome. And we're going to find out um, the reason behind this. We'll read on. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought. For by their occupation, they were tent makers. So Paul was a tent maker with uh, Aquila and uh, Priscilla Reed. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath, and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. So Paul was in the synagogue reasoning with them every Sabbath, and he says persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. So once again, these Greeks or Grecians, also known as Hellenized Jews, still Israelites, y'all, but the reasoning Paul was reasoning with them over was Yahweh Shai, who the world knows as Jesus Christ, being the Messiah, the Savior of the Israelites. All right, but the point I want to bring out in this is that this is when Claudius uh, Caesar the Jews out of Rome. So let's get uh, this article right here. Tell them where you're reading from. Because what we do at uh, Bible Talk is we match the scriptures up with history, man. We prove all things. So we just read this out of the Bible. Let's get a secular source. Where are you reading from? From wikipedia.org. Claudius's expulsion of Jews from Rome. References to an expulsion of Jews from Rome by the Roman Emperor Claudius, who was in office A.D. 41 to 54, appear in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 18, verse 2. Which we just read. And in the writings of Roman historian Suetonius, circa A.D. 69 through circa A.D. 122. Cassius Dio, circa A.D. 150 to circa 235, and 5th century Christian author Paulus Orosius, scholars generally agree that these references refer to the same incident. Right. So scholars are in agreement of what we just read in Acts. So this actually happened. Read. The exact date is uncertain. The maximal time window for the expulsion of Jews from Rome is from January A.D. 41 until January A.D. 53. More detailed estimates, such as those based on the A.D. 49 date by Orosius or the reduction of the A.D. 53 upper limit due to proconsul 
Galio's health are possible but controversial. All right, now hand me that uh, Bible atlas. Uh, I believe it's 237. 237. Okay, we're going to read uh, 236, and we're going to jump over to 237. Archive, get that for me. The highlights. Tell them where you read from, please. Holman Bible Atlas. Um, okay, so starting from here? No, that one. This, I'm sorry, this highlight. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so Paul's first, two, Paul's first two missionary journeys were completed during the reign of Claudius, according to Suetonius. So Paul lived during the time of Claudius Caesar. Read on. Life of Claudius 25.4, a disturbance among the Jews of Rome over a certain Christus. Christus, right. Now, you still got Acts 18 and uh, 1. So, Archive, read that again. Read it louder. Then I want you to go to Acts. What verse? Uh, 18, and I want you to read verse 1. Yeah, verse verse 1 and verse 2. Paul's first two missionary journeys were completed during the reign of Claudius. Mm -hmm. According to Suetonius, Life of Claudius 25.4, a disturbance among the Jews of Rome over a certain Christus. Over a certain who? Christus. Over Christ. This is who he's talking about. What else does it say? Caused Claudius to issue an edict temporarily banishing the Jews from Rome as a remedy. Now read this in Acts. Acts 18.1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. Now, why did he command all Jews to depart from Rome? We just read it in the Homer's Bible Atlas, because during that time, you had Israelites fighting with other Israelites about the authenticity of the scriptures, whether Yahweh Shai, Jesus Christ, was the Savior. This is why when you read on in Acts, now jump down to uh, Acts chapter 18 and read verse 4. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. So this is what was going on. This is why Claudius kick all of the Jews out because of the, the disturbance we had amongst one another. It was like a, a civil war without physical contact. It was a war of words which would will eventually spill over to physical contact, which we're going to get into. But this is why Claudius had all the Jews kicked out because we were disputing over whether Yahushua was the Savior or not. Disturbing the peace. <laughs> Basically disturbing the peace. So he wiped his hands with that. Get them all up out of here. Now back to the Bible Atlas. Read that part again. Paul's first two missionary journeys were completed <clears throat> during the reign of Claudius. Mm-hmm. According to Suetonius, life of Claudius 25.4, a disturbance among the Jews of Rome over a certain Christus, Christ, caused Claudius to issue an edict temporarily banishing the Jews from Rome as a remedy. Give me St. John chapter 1 and verse 8, I think it is. Can you read? 
On his second missionary journey, Paul met Attila and Priscilla in Corinth. The Jewish couple had recently been expelled from Rome following Claudius's edict. Right. Now, what does that say? John 1 and 8. That's the one. Now, I want you all to understand what was going on here. All Israelites did not believe in Christ. You had some that believed and some that didn't. That's why the scripture says it says this. Read this. He was not. Right, tell them where you read from. John 1, 8. He was not that light. No, I'm sorry. That's not the one. Verse 11. That's the one I want. St. John chapter 1, verse 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. <clears throat> and a lot of a lot of high rollers, holy rollers, church folk would tell you, say, see, the Jews rejected Christ, and they'll pull the scripture. He came to his own, but his own did receive him not. The Israelites didn't receive him. That's what they would have everybody to believe, but that's not the case, because they don't read this, the verse following. Read. Verse 12. But as many as received him. Meaning what? Some, some Israelites did receive Christ. Some Israelites did receive that he was the Savior, that he was the Son of the Most High. Read. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. And the Israelites that accepted that he was the Son of the Most High, the anointed Savior, the Most High looked at them as sons. I want everybody to see this, understand this. Now go back to the Bible items. You can let that go. Claudius also intervened on behalf of the Alexandrian Jewish community in their social and political struggles against the Gentile community. Now, it says that Claudius intervened on behalf of the Alexandrian Jews. So Alexandria, which is in uh, Egypt, Africa, was a big hub for Israelites. Remember, y'all, and I brought this out a couple shows back, you had uh, – the brother Tiberius Alexander, who was a, a general, he made it to the rank of general in the Roman army. He was from Alexandria. In fact, uh, Josephus, I believe, was also from Alexandria. And I believe Paul and his father spent some time there also. But read on. Although he warned them to be content with their status rather than press for additional privileges. All right, so let that go and jump over to the other highlight. This is the part I wanted to get to. On July 19, AD 64, a fire broke out in Rome that consumed much of the city and afforded Nero the opportunity to rebuild Rome on a grand scale. So a fire broke out, and uh, this was under Claudius' reign, and it afforded Nero to do what? To rebuild Rome on a grand scale. It gave Nero the green light to be to rebuild Rome. Read on. His new palace, the Golden House, was the epitome of opulence. Suspicions grew, however, that Nero had purposely set the fire to carry out his grandiose scheme. Nero did what? Purposely set the fire he to carry out his scheme. He set this fire on purpose so he could renovate Rome. Read on. Efforts to place blame elsewhere, Nero pursued a brief but intense persecution of the Christians in Rome in the aftermath of the fire. He did what? Pursued a brief but intense persecution of the Christians. Now, look at everything that's transpiring, y'all, because all of this happened right around the same time. You got Claudius kicking Israelites out of Rome. 
because they was they was fighting going back and forth over what Christ. Christ, whether Christ was the anointed Savior or not. Now you had this fire broke out, and people already pissed at who the Israelites because they're causing this commotion, they're disturbing the peace. So you know they wasn't feeling the Israelites, especially those who were calling themselves Christians. So the fire breaks out, Nero, that Nero started, it breaks out. And who is he blamed for the fire? The bad guys, the Christians, the Israelites that believe in Christ. So this is us being demonized, not just within our own Israelite community, but amongst the Roman community also we were demonized, the followers of Christ. I want us to get this in context because people will read about Acts, actually the apostles, the Christian, so-called Christian movement, and they think that it was all uh, hunky-dory and it was good to go, and it was not. The first uh, missionaries, first apostles, uh, disciples that believed in Christ and went to preach the word throughout all the nations that the Israelites were scattered in, the diaspora, they call hell, y'all. They was going through it. Like the scriptures tell us, terror without and terror within, our own people was causing us hell. Remember, why was Paul put on trial in the first place? Who who put him on trial? It was our own people. This is why he, he, he appeared in front of um, Festus and uh, Agrippa. And he appealed to, uh, to go before Caesar. Our own people were persecuting our own people for believing in Christ. So this is the the the, uh, the going ons of this time. Back up. Nero pursued a brief but intense persecution of the Christians in Rome in the aftermath of the fire, perhaps a year or more later. Christians were burned alive. Or we were, Christ, Christians were what? Burned alive. We were burned alive. Israelites that believed in Christ were burned alive. Read. Or savaged by animals in spectacles before a Roman audience. And Nero was into theater. So he was heavy into theatrically killing us, making a sport of it, making a show of it. Read. Tradition counts Paul and Peter among the victims. And yes, Paul and Peter were amongst his victims. Victims. We're going to get into that. Read on. Nero faced a financial crisis and plots against his life as a result of the fire. He ruthlessly destroyed the conspirators, but rebellions broke out in the provinces. What page are you on? Uh, Look at the top. No, it's in the middle. 237. 237. Okay. Uh, Where are you at in the highlights? Here. Go ahead and finish it. Uh, let's see. Nero faced a financial crisis and plots against his life as a result of the fire. He ruthlessly destroyed the conspirators, but rebellions broke out in the provinces. Judea rebelled in AD 66, while Nero tore Greece. So it says that Judea, meaning uh, the land of Judah, we rebelled against Nero. Now remember, and I went over this in previous classes, and you can go back to Acts chapter 1. When the Israelites was asking Christ, was this the time he was going to restore the kingdom of Israel? We didn't like being in captivity. We didn't like being under the Romans. And I went over this also, how Judas Iscariot was trying to force Christ's hand to start a rebellion against the Romans. Mm -hmm. 
All right? I want us to understand this. To get us under that oppression. To get us from under that oppression. This was the temperament of, the temperament of our people. Rio? The governors of Africa, Spain, and Gaul rebelled in A.D. 67 through 68. Nero fled Rome but was condemned to death by the Senate and committed suicide June 9, A.D. 68. His death ended the Julio-Claudian line of emperors who guided Rome's fortunes the first 100 years of the empire. All right, now give me Caesar and Christ, page 578. The second paragraph. Yeah. I want you to stop at uh, rivals. Caesar and Christ, page 578, by Will Durant. We do not know when and by what stages Peter made his way to Rome. Jerome dates his first arrival there as early as 42. The tradition that he played a leading role in establishing the Christian community in the capital has survived all criticism. Lactantius speaks of Peter's coming to Rome in Nero's reign. Probably the apostle visited the city on diverse occasions. He free and Paul in prison labored as rivals to win converts there. No, I want you to stop. It said that they labored as rivals. They were never rivals. Hold that and give me Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 13, okay? Second Peter 3 and 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. Keep reading. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Wait, wait, wait. Let me catch up with you. I think it's first Peter. Hold on, y'all. Let me get my notes together. No, it is. It's Second Peter chapter 3. Keep reading. Verse 14. Verse 14 again. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Verse 15. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. This is the part I want to get to, y'all. Because remember in the book from Caesar to Christ, it says that Peter and Paul are rivals. Read. Even as our beloved brother Paul... Also, according to the wisdom, our beloved brother who? Paul. This is Peter that wrote this. Peter wrote the epistles, what we call, what we know as First Peter and Second Peter, which actual letters. He called Paul what? Beloved. But his beloved brother. So how the hell were they rivals? Mm-hmm. See, people read the incident that happened between Peter and Paul in Galatians, and they just get carried away with speculation. But these were brothers. They act like you don't have disagreements <laughs> with your brother. They act like you'll never have to check your brother. Yeah, we have disagreements. Yeah, you might have to check me. I might have to check you. But we're still brothers at the end of the day. Read on. 
also according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you. Mm-hmm. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things. Now, he's even big up in Paul saying that Paul gave us wisdom in his epistles, in his letters, which he did, read. In which are some things hard to be understood. But he lets us know that some of Paul's letters, some of Paul's writings are hard to understand. And this is why you got a lot of people going around talking about the Gentiles can make it. The Gentiles are going to be get salvation. Paul was teaching the Gentiles. He was the apostle of the Gentiles. Paul was of the Gentiles, meaning he was an Israelite that lived in Gentile areas, as well as the Israelites he was teaching. Read on. Which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. And the problem with Paul's writings is people are unlearned, and this is why they, when it says the word rest, I mean, they wrestle with Paul's letters. They wrestle back and forth because they're unlearned. You got to understand, first of all, Israelite history before you can even get into Paul's epistles to see who he was writing to, who he was, who he was addressing, who he was talking to, who he came for. Read. As they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. And people also wrestle with other scriptures because they're what? Unlearned. Mm-hmm. The Bible is a history book. You can't look at it through a religious lens. You'll never figure it out. You'll never discover the mystery that's in Christ. Read. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. All right, that's all we want. Uh, let's go back to uh, Caesar and Christ, page 578. Pick up where you left off at. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> As rivals to win converts there. Until both of them suffered martyrdom. So it says that both of them suffered martyrdom where? At Rome. Mm-hmm. All right? Under Nero's reign. Read. Perhaps in the same year, 64, Origen reports that Peter was crucified head downward, for he had asked that he might suffer that way. So Peter was reportedly crucified upside down. Read perhaps hoping that in that position death would come sooner, or, said the opinion of the faithful, holding himself unworthy to die in the same manner as Christ. And that's what it really was. He said he was unworthy to die the way Shai died, so this is why he asked to be hung upside down as opposed right side up. Read. Ancient texts testify that his wife was killed with him and that he had to see her led to execution. Now, another text I read said that it was common for Peter to travel with his wife. And we know that Peter was married because, remember, Christ brought Peter's mother-in-law back to life after she had died. So this is this might have some truth to it, that his wife was crucified with him. So uh, brothers and sisters out there, especially you sisters, because the scriptures tell us in Revelation that we're going to be killed for the word of Christ. If you follow your husband, he dies for the word of Christ, and what you think will happen to you? I want us to understand this. There's no, the things that are written for time are written for our learning. We all? A later story named Nero's Circus on the Vatican field as the place of his death. Nero set up a damn circus. So where the Vatican stands today, Nero had a damn circus there, and that's where Paul was killed at, at the Vatican where people be going on uh, trips on holiday. Matter of fact, my coworker, 
he's going from they're catching a ship, a cruise ship over to Europe, and they going to the Vatican. Read on. Over the site of the cathedral of St. Peter rose and claimed to enshrine his bones. His missions in Asia Minor and Rome must have helped to preserve many Judaic elements in Christianity. Many what? Elements. Judaic elements in Christianity. What does this mean? It means that he still kept the law. This is Peter. You know who y'all always big up in? We are always praising because, and Paul did the exact same thing, man. Y'all, the first thing y'all like to say is the law's done away with. How so? When the disciples, the apostles, kept the law, like Mashiach was so beautifully bringing out, that's narcissism. You're doing you without consequence, without regret. That's what the church teach. That's paganism. Read on. Through him and the other apostles, it inherited Jewish monotheism. Through him and the other apostles, monotheism, the belief in one God. So where the hell y'all get three gods from in the Trinity? Read on. Puritanism and eschatology. Through them and Paul, the Old Testament became the only Bible that first century Christianity knew. Till 70 Christianity was preached chiefly in synagogues or among Jews. Come on, man. Christianity was preached where? Chiefly in synagogues or among Jews. Hold on. We got to get a bomb. Read on. The form, ceremony, and vestments of Hebrew worship passed down into Christian rituals. The Pascal Lamb of sacrifice was sublimated in the Agnes Day. All right, we're going to read the rest of that because they go off. So let's get some background information on Peter's death. Let's go to St. John chapter 21. Let's go to verse 16. No, you, man, yeah, hold it. We're going to be going back. John 21 and 16. He said to him, Again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Now, this is when Christ had returned, showed himself to the disciples, I believe for 40 days he was with them. This is when he came back. And Peter said that he loved Christ. He called him Simon, son of Jonas, so his name, Simon Peter. All right, because there was another disciple named Simon also. This is why the distinction made Simon and then Simon Peter. So this is Simon Peter being asked of Yahweh Jesus Christ, do you love me? Now, remember, he's already asked him uh, one time before, so he asked him again. Read. He saith unto him, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. He saith unto him the third time, mm-hmm. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time. So he was grieved, meaning he was annoyed. Read. Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Mm -hmm. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself 
and walkest whither thou wouldest. Now listen to what Christ is telling them. Read. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall gird thee. Somebody else going to gird thee. Read. And carry thee whither thou wouldest not. And they're going to take you captive to where you don't want to go. Now listen to this. Read. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. <laughs> He telling he's telling this is Christ. How shall I telling Peter how he's gonna die? First you're gonna be taken captive, and he was by Nero. Nero locked him up, and then he was crucified. Read. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. He said, Follow me. <laughs> now <laughs> what what happened to Christ? Christ was Christ crucified Mm -hmm. so when he told peter follow me what was he telling peter you're going to follow in my footsteps you're going to die just like i die you're going to be crucified just like i was crucified i hope y'all see this now let's get this tell them where you're reading from and i want you to jump down to um peter from csmedia1.com, how the the disciples, apostles of the Bible, died. You said jump down this. Yep, yep, jump down to Peter. This one? Yep. Simon Peter, the rock, Petra, martyrdom by crucifixion at Rome by Nero. He was martyred by crucifixion. Remember, he was hung upside down on the cross by Nero. This goes hand in hand with what we just read in Caesar and Christ. What we just read uh, out of the uh, that Bible Atlas, and what we just read from St. John chapter uh, 21. Is that all it says about Peter? Read. Crucified around 68 A.D., upside down at his request, because he did consider himself, because he did not consider himself worthy to be crucified like Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's Peter's death. That's Peter's martyrdom, y'all. Now let's jump to Acts chapter 12. And we're going to start at verse 1. We're going to read quite a bit of this. Acts chapter 12 and verse 1. Now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So this is James. The greater, I believe it is, being killed by Nero with the sword. So I want you to get James out of that, uh, how the disciples died. So James the greater, son of Zebedee, brother of John, beheaded or stabbed with a sword by Herod Agrippa around 44 A.D. near Palestine, and not far from where he was. Which which one you got? This is the greater. James the greater, what you said. It said, no, get James the lesser, I believe it is. He was the one that was martyred. What does it it say? James the lesser, son of Alphaeus, was first bishop of Jerusalem, martyred in his early 90s by being thrown from a pinnacle. No, 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 that ain't him. It is James the Greater. Read that. Uh, James the Greater, son of Zebedee, brother of John. Yeah, that's what we read in Acts chapter 12. It's Herod Agrippa. And I believe it was Herod Agrippa the first. 
Read on. Beheaded or stabbed with a sword by Herod Agrippa around 44 AD near Palestine and not far from where he was a local missionary to the Jews in Judea. His accuser was converted by James Courage, and the two were beheaded together. Mm. All right, now go back to Acts chapter 12 and read verse 1 again. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Mm -hmm. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. And this is when Peter was took, right around the same time when James was martyred. Read. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And what was going on? This was during the time of unleavened bread, uh, during the time of Passover. So, But it says during the days of unleavened bread. So Passover had already passed, and they were doing the seven-day feast of unleavened bread. This transpired. But remember, Christ died what time? Right around the same time. But remember, going back to uh, what we just read in St. John, chapter 21, Paul, uh, sorry, Christ told Peter what? Follow me. <laughs> You're going to follow in my footsteps. Read on. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison mm-hmm. and delivered him to four quaternires of soldiers to keep him, mm-hmm. intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, this Easter that is talking about here is talking about the actual Astarte worship of Easter. This is not talking about uh, Passover. Read on. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Mm-hmm. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, mm-hmm. bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Mm-hmm. And behold, the angel of the Lord came unto him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he says unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And okay, he, so this is Peter escaping from Herod Agrippa. But he was eventually murdered by Herod Agrippa. Read on. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel, and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered this thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken, named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door, he saw him, and they were astonished. Mm-hmm. 
But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Mm -hmm. And he said, go shew these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Mm-hmm. Now, as soon as it was day, and there was no small stir among the soldiers. Now, stop. I'm sorry, y'all. Let me correct myself. This is Herod Agrippa the first, not the second. All right. And I'm I'm clarifying this because we're gonna get into uh, we're gonna read the rest of this chapter and see what happened to him, and then we're gonna jump over to another article. Read on. Now, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers. What was become of Peter? So Peter escaped, y'all. Read. Now, he escaped, he escaped uh, Herod uh, Agrippa I. Read. And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and there abode. Mm-hmm. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Zidon. So they, he was mad because they had lost uh, Peter. He really wanted to murk Peter. Read. But they came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus, the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. Mm-hmm. And upon a set day, Herod... Now listen to this. Read. ...arrayed in royal apparel... Read that again from the top, verse 21. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. Mm-hmm. And the people gave a shout, saying, "It is the voice of a god and not of a man." They said, "What?" It is the voice of a god and not of a man. These were Israelites that said this. I want you to understand this. This was Israelites praising Herod as being a god. Now remember, he he this Herod comes from the Herodian line, the Herodian dynasty that knew of the Bible. They knew of the book. They knew of our laws. Read on. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. The immediately what happened to Herod? The angel the first? of the Lord smote him. The angel of the Most High killed him. Read, but how? Because he gave not God the glory. So this is why he got killed for his pride. He didn't get the Most High the glory. Read, and what else? And, and this is uh, this is consistent with the way the Most High deals because y'all remember it was Nebuchadnezzar that got all prideful when the Most High had his ass out in the wilderness with animals, living living uh, like an animal, until he humbled himself down and the Most High put him back in pop. You can go back and read that in Daniel. I forget which chapter. So this is Herod, or Herod having the same uh, pridefulness, and the Most High had to get him. But how did he get him? Read. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. He had worms. Eat him from the inside out. Read. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. All right, now let's go here. Let's go to New World Encyclopedia. I want you to start there. From NewWorldEncyclopedia.org, Agrippa I. Agrippa I, also called Agrippa the Great, from 10 BCE to 44 CE, was the last king of the Jews. He was the grandson of Herod the Great. They say he was the last king of who? Last king of the Jews. See, he came from the Herodian lineage um, that started with Antipater during the time of Maccabees that knew our, our Bible, they knew our law, statutes, and commandments, 
And, you know, you go back to the New Testament, I believe it's Matthew, where it says that Haroi was king of the Jews. So this is his lineage. His sons took his place. They were, these, these foreigners, these Edomites, were kings over Judea. So reading on in the article, please, ma'am. All right. Agrippa, the, Agrippa oh, she's not right here. Mm-hmm. He was the grandson of Herod the Great and son of Aristobulus IV and Berenice. Now, Berenice was an Israelite. This is who uh, Agrippa had married uh, way back in the day to try to make his reign of being king of Jerusalem legitimate. Read. His original name was Marcus Julius Agrippa, and he is the king named Herod in the Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament, while his son, Agrippa II, is called Agrippa. He should also not be confused with Marcus this, excuse me, Vitsanius Agrippa, circa 63 BCE to 12 BCE, who was a well-known Roman statesman in general. All right, we're going to jump down uh, read this part mm-hmm. to the Christians, yeah. To the Christians, however, Agrippa became an enemy because of his repression of the new faith leaders. So, to the Christians. And remember, these Christians were Israelites that believed in Christ. He became an enemy because he didn't know nothing about Christ. He knew only Old Testament, Torah. He knew all of that. He didn't know the prophecies of Christ. Read it on. So he, so he was against Christians, so which would make him against the, against the apostles. This is why he murked them. Read. Accounts of his death at games held in Caesarea in 44 CE differ. Josephus and Acts agree that he died after being declared as speaking with the voice of a deity. We just read that in Acts. Read. However, Acts implies divine retribution, while Josephus sees the death as an act of fate. So here they are again trying to take all praise from the Most High and try to say that this dude died of some of some natural cause or whatever. But in fact, it was the hand of the Most High. This was the retribution of the Most High. Read on. Other Jewish traditions hold the Romans responsible for, the, for his death due to their jealousy of Agrippa's popularity and fear of possible rebellion. So, and then they try to say that, they, that he was poisoned. But we know that the Most High marked him. Now, let's go to Caesar and Christ, page 578. Where did you, because we stopped here. We We stopped there. So I want you to get, what did that say? Oh, the persecutor. Uh, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I did say 578, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Hold on, y'all. Give me prayer with me just a second. Hmm. 
Yeah, I want you to read this part again. Mm-hmm. Caesar and Christ, page 578. We do not know when and by what stages Peter made his way to Rome. Jerome dates his first arrival there as early as 42. The tradition that he played a leading role in establishing the Christian community in the capital has survived all criticism. Lactantius speaks of Peter's coming to Rome in Nero's reign. Probably the apostle visited the city on diverse occasions. He free and Paul in prison labored as rivals to win converts there until both of them suffered martyrdom. Now, both of them suffered martyrdom there at Rome. Now, let's get page 591 of the same book. The accidents Yeah. We do not know the precise charge, probably now, as at Thessalonica, Paul was accused of disobeying the emperor's decrees and claiming that someone else called Jesus is king. Now, this was Paul's uh, charges they're talking about that he was brought up on uh, during the reign of uh, Nero. That we're reading about. Read on. This was a crime of Mysa, punishable with death. We have no ancient record of the trial, but Tertullian, writing about 200, reports that Paul was beheaded at Rome. Mm -hmm. And Origen, about 220, writes Paul suffered martyrdom in Rome under Nero. So Paul died um, martyrdom under Nero, read. Probably as a Roman citizen. He had the honor of a distinct execution and was not mingled with the Christians crucified after the fire of 64. Because you remember, Paul had Roman citizenship, y'all. All right? He was a Roman. He he said this countless times throughout the scriptures. But that, does that mean he was a white dude? No, it does not. Because he, he says uh, all throughout the scriptures also that he was an Israelite. But they granted him uh, special privileges of death. Because he was a Roman citizen So I'm guessing he wasn't uh, Crucified, nailed to crosses Like the rest of the disciples were I mean death is death <laughs> But still Anyway, reading on Go I was going to say kind of like how the military They'll have like a separate, more distinguished Exactly, death exactly Like, yeah mm-hmm. Tradition united him with Peter In a simultaneous, though separate Martyrdom and a touching legend pictured the great rivals meeting in friendship on the road to death. Here again, trying to paint that narrative. <laughs> they were never rivals. They were always friends. They were brothers, read. Over the place on the Via Ostia, where the church believed that Paul had found peace, a shrine was raised in the third century. Remade in ever fairer form, it stands today as the Basilica of San Paolo Fiori Lemira. St. Paul beyond the wall. All right, that's it. Yes. Now let's go to Second Timothy chapter four. I would like to be able to visit these places just out of curiosity. The place where um, the Vatican, where Peter was uh, murdered, and the place they say where Paul was murdered. So Second uh, Timothy chapter four and let's go to verse five. This was uh, actually 
Paul square will learn. Second Timothy chapter four, verse five. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. So he knew he was going to die, and he said he was ready. He was ready for it. He, he got himself prepared for it. Read. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. He knew his reward. He had incentive for dying. <laughs> I mean, even Yahweh Shai gave the disciples that followed him something to look forward to, right? Mm-hmm. Incentives. <laughs> People need incentives to, to make them do things, man. Read on. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Mm-hmm. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas have forsaken me, having loved this present world. So now Paul's listening listen to niggas that left. Hey, this nigga Demas, he burnt out, man. He got little. Read. And is departed unto Thessalonica. Hold on, read that part again, verse 10. For okay. Demas have forsaken me, having loved this present world. So why did he leave? Love this present world. He was in love with the world. He had too much of the world in him. He couldn't let it go. Read. And is departed unto Thessalonica. Read. Crescent to Galatia. This nigga Crescent, he left. <laughs> read. He went to Galatia. Now read this. Titus and to. Unto. Unto. Dalmatia. So Titus, the brother that's got a book in the New Testament, he left Paul too. He burned out too. Remember what the scriptures say, y'all. It says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So don't be surprised when the person next to you turn on you. Only Luke is with me. Who was still hanging out with him? Luke. Luke was still kicking it with Paul. And Luke was one of Paul's scribes. Some of his letters, they dispute whether Paul wrote it or not because they believe that Luke was dependent on him. And I'm inclined to believe it also. Because Paul don't speak to himself, uh, speak uh, as himself in third person. But you hear it, you say, and Paul did this, and Paul did that. We know Luke will ask. We don't? Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Bring Mark with you. Read. Down, brother. We don't? And Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. Mm-hmm. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carthus. When thou comest, bring with thee and the book. So he tells him, hey, man, bring my stuff. That's what he said. Like, hey, man, bring my bring my coat and bring, make sure you bring the books. Paul is still teaching. Read. But especially the parchment. The parchment. Look up parchment. You already looking it up? You mean what it is? Yeah, what is the parchment? Mm-hmm. Parchment. 
a stiff, flat, thin material made from prepared skin of an animal and used as a durable writing surface in ancient and medieval times. So Paul needed his paper mm-hmm. so he could keep writing letters. So we could get the epistles of Paul. Read. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his work. Oh, he's going to get his paper back. He's going to get his work. Read. Of whom be thou where also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. Paul, see, everybody left me. Read. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Oh, look at him. He had no hard feelings. I pray the most high have mercy on him. I pray the most high don't, don't put it on them. Read. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. But he said the most high was with me the whole time. So you might think everybody left you. You might think you got deserted, that the per- even though the person next to you turned on you. But the most high is still with you. Read. That by me the preaching might be fully known. And that all the Gentiles might hear. Mm-hmm. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Mm-hmm. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. Paul said he was delivered from the mouth of a lion. Because remember what it said that uh, Nero used to get off on. Feeding us to lions and stuff. Theatrically. Mm-hmm. Read. And will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. What verse is it? Go ahead. That's uh, 18. Go ahead. Um, salute Krista and Attila and the household of, let's see, one Cyprus, one Cyprus. That's good. <laughs> Radus above at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at mouth of sick. My brother was sick. Read. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Come before it get cold. Read. Eubulus. Greetest thee, Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brethren. They send their greetings, read. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Man, don't that sound like a letter? This is exactly what it is. I mean, we read it as a book, but as a letter. This is him saying, hey, man, it's time for me to go. Let's get Acts chapter 21, y'all. Mm-hmm. We're going to start verse 10. Acts 21 and 10. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. Now, as we, this is Luke writing. The we he's talking about was him and Paul and the other disciples that was with him, read. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, so he took Paul's girdle he had on him, and he wrapped his hands and feet up, feet up in Paul's girdle and said what? Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Who was going to bind Paul up and deliver him to the nation? Us. Our own people. Because remember, like I said, Jack, Israelites that didn't believe in Christ, and Israelites that did, and the ones that did was fiercely coming against the ones that did. But this man was prophesying how Paul was going to be led into captivity, uh, his own people, and given to Esau, given to the, the nations. Read. 
And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. They started begging Paul, man, don't go. You're going to die if you go back to Jerusalem. Read. Then Paul answered, what mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul had his mind right. He was he already uh like he said uh he was content. He was content with what was gonna happen to him. Like like he said in one of his epistles, he says, Whether I'm a base or a bound, I've learned how to be content. Mm-hmm. Read. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased, saying, The will of the Lord be done. And after those days, we took up our carriages and went up to Jerusalem. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea and brought with them one Nathan of Cyprus, an right. old disciple. I said, I want you to get, uh, let me see, let's go back here. Here we go. Now get Paul from this list. Apostle Paul, also known as Saul, wrote half of the New Testament, was beheaded by Emperor Nero at Rome. So Paul was beheaded at, by Nero at Rome. Now let's go to uh, back to Caesar and Christ, page 592. Here. Mm-hmm. The accidents of history have transmitted Paul to us. Paradise, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can't do that yet. Hold that, hold that, hold that, hold that. I got to get this one. Uh, that ain't it. Oh, we already read that, right? Mm-hmm. What I do with it? Don't worry, y'all. I'm going to go a little bit over. I want you to read this. Tell me where you're reading from. From Britannica.com. How did St. Paul the Apostle die? The exact details of St. Paul's death are unknown, but tradition holds that he was beheaded in Rome and thus died as a martyr for his faith. His death was perhaps part of the executions of Christians ordered by the Roman Emperor Nero following the great fire in the city in 64 CE. Now, you remember the fire that we talked about? Mm -hmm. So he used that fire as an excuse to blame it on the Christians that nobody liked, because remember, um, Claudius had... Uh, expelled all the Jews out of Rome during the time anyway. So Nero just rode the bandwagon and put, pointed the finger at them, and then people already didn't like him. So this this uh, sparked more hate, which would eventually lead to the death of James, Peter, and Paul. Read on. It is known that St. Paul was imprisoned in Rome and wrote several of his epistles, letters, during his captivity there. 
St. Paul is often considered to be the most important person after Jesus in the history of Christianity. His epistles or letters have had enormous influence on Christian theology, especially on the relationship between God, the Father, and Jesus. Now, you remember what we read, what Peter said about Paul's letters. He said that they are misunderstood, that people wrestle with them. And this is what it's talking about. They started a whole theology or religion based off of Paul's epistles. Read. And on the mystical human relationship with the divine, in addition to his extensive theological contributions, St. Paul played a crucial role in the development of Christianity away from its Jewish parents. Although he held that Jews and Gentiles alike were called to be transformed into one new humanity in Christ, his missions were largely focused on the conversion of Gentiles and Christianity would eventually become a largely Gentile religion. Okay. So I had to get the good information out of there, y'all. But like they always do, they mix good information with a bunch of fluff. So we're going to go to the compact Zonovan Bible Dictionary. Give me page 133. I want you to read definitions for diaspora. Diaspora. Oh, diaspora. I knew you were going to That which is sown, the name applied to the Jews living outside of Palestine and maintaining their religious faith among the Gentiles. God had warned the Jews through Moses that dispersion among other nations would be their lot if they departed from the Mosaic law. Referenced in Deuteronomy 4, 27, 28, verses 64 through 68. So the Jews were going to be dispersed. The Israelites were going to be dispersed. This was the punishment, the curses of Deuteronomy 28 and more that was going to befall the Israelites if we started turning away from the Most High into paganisms, which we did all throughout the Bible, especially in the New Testament. You know. These prophecies were largely fulfilled in the two captivities, Syria and Babylonia, but there were other captivities which helped scatter the Israelites. Like I said, you have to know history. If you if you just read the Bible in the New Testament, that's where you started, you missed out on a lot of History that is crucial to you understanding who Paul was writing to. Read on. By the time of Christ, the diaspora must have been several times the population of Palestine. Paul invariably contacted the people in every city he visited. Read that part again. Paul invariably contacted the people in every city he visited. So these were the Gentiles that Paul was writing to, visiting, telling them about salvation. It was his own people that grew up in Gentile areas under Gentile names. So, y'all, I believe that that is a good place to stop. Uh, When we come back, Lord willing, next Tuesday, we will continue to go over the death of Paul. got a little bit more on that. And then we're going to jump into... um, our brother John the Revelator, who gave us this fascinating book full of prophecies and revelations. So, um, y'all got anything y'all want to say? Any questions? 
So I hope everybody got some edification out of the class. The water, Mashaba, for hooking up the broadcast, bro. I see you listening in. Uh, the water for everybody's support, uh, for supporting Blog Talk Radio Bible Talk. And um, until next week, Lord willing, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to please tune in to Tuzzle Pop. Tuesday. Tuesday. Pop. Tuesday. Every Tuesday. And with that, y'all, we're going to say, Shalom. Shalom.